All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we got a few new figures to talk about. Not a whole ton. Uh, just a few different lines. Uh, we got some... I don't even know. Transformers, I'll say. We got Transformers, we got Queen, and we got The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Um, and Blu-rays, Rose is going to update us on the Blu-ray releases of the week. Uh, nothing in this week's sneak peeks, unfortunately, but that just makes us get to our main event of the evening, which will be our breakdown of Home Alone. The OG. Shit, yeah. <laughs> so... With that, let's say we get into it. Let's do it. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control... Sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling, the list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. Alrighty, first up in Adventures in Hunting, uh, starting with pop figures. The first figure that we're going to talk about is from Transformers, and Rose, I mean, you know what these look like a little bit better than I do. Uh, yes. Um, so, I didn't really watch the show growing up, nor did I, I've actually never seen the movie, or like the original animated movie, I've only seen the Michael Bay films, so I don't know... A lot about you know like how their designs were worked in the original show, but um, apparently I think this one uh, this one actually already went live, but it's still really cool to talk about. Um, and it is the Target exclusive Starscream from the original Transformers series. Um, it's amazing looking at how many colors Starscream has, and then looking how like basic he is in the actual movies. <laughs> He's just like, dude, he's super basic. He's just like plain gray. Um, and also, okay, maybe it's just me, but is Starscream like a little bitch in the Transformers movies? Dude, he is hell of a bitch. Like, he like <laughs> thinks he's all that when Megatron's not there. And then when Megatron, you know, comes back, he's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Lord Megatron. I, I didn't mean to not do well while you were gone. And it's just like, dude, you're such a little bitch. That's what Starscream is. Like, Blackout or freaking Bonecrusher should have just overpowered him, and they should have been the leader of the Decepticons while Megatron was frozen in ice. Yeah, Starscream kind of sucks. At least in the Michael Bay. Like, he does. It, who knows what he's like in the uh, in the cartoon. He was really fun to play, though, as in, um, did you ever play the Transformers game from the first movie? Yes, we oh, played that a couple times together. I freaking love that game. Wait, we did? Oh, that game was bitching. Yeah, you brought it over. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was on the PS2. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, Oh, dude, that's one of the greatest 
movie-based games I've ever played. So much fun. Um, but no, I remember Starscream was actually pretty cool in that one. Yeah, I mean, he's cool in the game, but I think what threw me off, like, especially with the Michael Bay designs, all the Decepticons looked exactly the same, I feel. That's true, and in I feel one that's kind of like the point. Um, just because they're the bad ones, he wanted them to look basic as hell. But I never that's really... stupid. It is, but I never noticed this in the movies. Um, but if you play the Transformers game... When you're fighting as the Decepticons and you have to defeat uh, Ironhide as Blackout, I never realized how freaking ginormous Blackout is compared to Ironhide. Like, here's... I know, like, people can't see this, but Caleb, here's Ironhide. Way up here is freaking Blackout. Jeez. He towers Ironhide. I was all, holy shit. Dude, that's so, freaking I'm nuts. like, okay, yeah, no, Ironhide didn't stand a chance against Blackout. And the <laughs> fact that Blackout has Scorpinox, yeah, he was screwed from the get-go. Yeah. But they had a... I mean, there's a few figures that we kind of, like, forgot. But there's another Transformers one, and it looks like kind of like a dark Optimus Prime. Oh, shit, really? Like, did we ever talk about that one? I don't think we did. I don't know how we missed that. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah, there it is. someone's... Oh, that's bitchin'. Yeah, dude, you missed a shit ton of figures. Well, I'm sorry. I... Well, I think I missed these because they were on the Funko Shop and they're already sold out. Hmm. Because, you know, yeah, there's... everything sells out in the uh, at the Funko Shop, let's face it. Or almost all of them. Yeah, so Starscream is... He's okay. I mean, not my favorite Transformers figure. No, I mean, I actually would not mind picking this one up. Just because I love... I actually love the classic design of Starscream. Yeah, I think I would have preferred the uh, Soundwave figure. Yes! Oh, yes. Soundwave was the... Yeah, Bomb. Soundwave is so badass. It's too bad he wasn't really put into that much effect in the movies. I know, right? I feel Bullshit. like he was like super lame. Yeah. Yeah, it made no sense considering he's honestly, for many people, they're, he's their favorite Transformer. His, their favorite Decepticon. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, so we got that figure. We got... A new figure from Queen. So, yeah, so we actually have two new figures from Queen. So we have um, the classic uh, uh, Freddie Mercury in his white tank top, blue jeans, and I want to say they're Adidas that he's wearing. Um, and, you know, his, like, classic, like, spiked armband. Just, you know, like the classic Freddie Mercury from when he uh, he performed in that concert after he told his bandmates that he did have AIDS. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, I oh I freaking love this figure. It looks fantastic, and the mustache is on point because it freaking better be with Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other one is kind of the same thing. Well, not the same thing. I'm sorry. Um, so this one is to where he has a, a king's crown. He's wearing a uh king's cape. I guess you could call it that. 
Um, and then he's wearing some uh, white and yellow pants, as well as the exact same Adidas that he was wearing with the other outfit. Yeah, that one's super bitching. I don't. Is that one? I don't. I'm not seeing any like special stickers on these, so I'm yeah, assuming these like are both common, commons. Which good, because I don't know. I feel maybe even as a common that Freddie Mercury, that like classic one in his white tank top, that might one might be hard to find like out out and about, just because that that is just classic Freddie Mercury right there. Yeah, that's way cool. Um. Yeah, so we got those, some, or a figure that we forgot to mention. We got the Flintstones oh, uh, yeah. holding their fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles. Okay, which one's better? Between fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles? Yeah, this is the ultimate question. Freaking cocoa pebbles. Okay, good. I was about to slap a bitch. Virtually. Virtually. Dude, what? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Fruity Pebbles aren't, like, awful. No, they're not. But I'm always going to go with Cocoa Pebbles, though, over Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, straight up. We actually um, But, yeah, it's... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, so the first figure is Fred Flintstone holding Fruity Pebbles. Of course. Fred. And then Barney Rubble? Yep, Barney Rubble. Yes. And yeah, Barney Rubble is holding uh, a bowl of uh, Cocoa Pebbles. I'm glad that my favorite character is holding the actual good cereal. So, Fred's. Dude, favorite. what is it with you and your favorite characters? Your, your characters are always the sidekick. I, yeah, I don't know what it is. I never picked the main character. But Fred's just yeah, being like, a basic you, bitch right here. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I feel like you don't have any reason not to have been player one in your no, in your yeah, life. because all of my life, I have always been the sidekick to someone. I mean, come on, let's face it. Between us, who's going to say who's the main one and who's the sidekick? You're Like, come on, you're the main one, I'm the sidekick. I disagree. I think we split that role pretty evenly. Okay, but... I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But I thank you. For no, but I'm, I'm talking like in general. In general. Like, your sister... Like, did you ever play Mario with your sister, or did you play by yourself? See, we actually didn't. never had Nintendo growing up. All we had was a PlayStation. Okay, whenever you played a game, whenever you played a video game, did you play by yourself, or did you play with your sister? It's kind of an even split. I kind of... Okay. Ha- I, <laughs> I don't want to bring it that up. That kind of throws a wrench in the well, point does, I was trying because, to make. Um, there was kind of like a... Uh, because I, I don't know if she's actually listening to this, so, like, I don't want to talk about it, but, you know, there was just something that happened where I didn't get to see her a lot, so we weren't able to play together, so most of the time I was just playing by myself. Okay, so if you were playing by yourself most of the time, why did you feel the need to play as the sidekick? Because the sidekick was always the coolest. No, that there's a reason they're the sidekick. No, <laughs> f you. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Like no joke. It's like between the Mario Brothers, who's your favorite? Luigi. Yep. Out of the like whatever, the, whatever Wario and 
Waluigi are. Yeah. Like, your favorite out of them is Waluigi. Yep. Like, and to top it all off, others. this actually doesn't, it's not even like a sidekick. He's more down the line. When it comes to Sonic characters, my favorite is Knuckles. He's more of like a third, like a, like kind of a second-hand sidekick. Okay. Kind of like, like if I'm comparing him, like if, if he's more like Nightwing <laughs> to okay. me. Okay. All right. Like if Sonic is Batman, Tails is Robin, and Knuckles is, is Nightwing. <laughs> okay. I can see that. Okay. Yeah, that. But yeah, like I'm trying to think of like other people. Like, uh, well, okay, I got one. Uh, I like Boo Boo over Yogi Bear. Dude, shit! <laughs> 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 so freaking weird. I mean, one of those reasons is I've been. Uh, I feel Boo Boo's voice, at least to me, is a lot easier to do than Yogi's. Okay, that's a weird reason. I know like it is, but no, I I still Boo-Boo do like for Boo- Yogi. I still like Boo Boo more as a character, <laughs> just because Yogi uh, never listens to him, and Boo Boo's the smarter one. I feel, but anyway, yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Moving on, it's <laughs> like I said, Barney Rebel. That those are the two Flintstone pops that we got. I think we actually, uh, next uh, up we got some. I was going to say we missed what? two Marvel Pops. My bad. Two Marvel ones? Yeah, the Loki and the Groot. Loki and Groot. Oh, I'm on a different uh, album. Oh. Well, anyway. Um, well, these. So one is coming to the Funko Shop, which is Loki. And then Groot, I believe this is Holiday Groot. Or another Holiday Groot. And it's undecided. It's Groot wrapped in Christmas lights. Baby Groot. So kind of basic, but the Loki one is the one where he is holding the Tesseract from Avengers Endgame. Hell yeah. We actually got a couple new uh, Endgame figures. Oh, shit. What page are Yeah, so we got that one, and we have Avengers Endgame cameo of Stan Lee. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that one's awesome. Make love, not war. Isn't that what he said? Yep. Okay. Rest in peace, my good sir. Rest in peace. Hell yeah. Uh, great freaking figure. Yes. For all three of those. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like they've done that holiday group before. Oh, it's glow in the dark. Never mind. Seriously, that's the only difference. Yeah, that is the only difference. <sighs> they could have just made that the chase of the other version. Oh my goodness, been a lazy ass chase. Yep. but Whatever. That Loki is super cool. I really like that this one's glow-in-the-dark, and I hope it's, like, nothing else on Loki other than the Tesseract. That would be stupid, I feel. Like, it can only be the Tesseract that glows. Yeah. So, I I hope that's something that gets, like, hella bright, too. <laughs> yeah, it just sucks that it's a Funko I think Shop be really exclusive. Cool. Yeah, so, but... probably never going to see that one. Nope. <laughs> Um, next up, getting into some Pokemon figures. Uh, we have four new, uh, Pokemon figures coming out. The first one is Ponyta, the little fire horse, or fire pony. We have, um, Metallic 
looking Pikachu. I don't know if this is actually metallic, but it's just kind of like that color. Uh, then we have Mew. And this is a cute freaking figure. That one is adorable. Yeah, I feel, though, that this one's going to be a bitch to find where the tail looks good. Fair. That That is fair. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you that don't know, Mew kind of has a tail that goes, that's really, really long and thin. And it kind of goes, like, up and around his body and over by his head. So I know Funko's had issues with other small, thin pieces so i feel like that's gonna be a a bitch so let's hope you don't want this one or do you yeah if i found it for cheap enough okay yeah and then the last figure that we got is raichu and this one's pretty cool i feel bad i never liked raichu though i mean Honestly, I don't really know Raichu or the uh, Pony one, and I don't know. Maybe... Raichu's just the evolved form of Pikachu. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. And I probably should know that. And then what's the Pony? Yeah, and one? then Ponyta is just—that's just what he looks like—is honestly everything you need to know. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, and then the last figure that we're going to talk about is a Hot Topic exclusive Simpsons figure, and this is Ned Flanders. Haddly doodly neighborino. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've gotten into watching uh, Simpsons when I'm bored. Hell yes. Yeah, and Ned Flanders is one of my favorite characters. He's, uh, Flanders is just so great. The shit that Homer puts him through, like, I don't know, I'm amazed that Ned hasn't uh, tried to kill him yet. Or, I mean, maybe he has. Yeah, right? I don't know. I, I've never seen every every Simpsons episode. Maybe there is one that, or at least a Treehouse Horror episode where Ned actually does try to kill Homer. That'd be really funny. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but, okay, is it just me, dude, though? Ned is such a conundrum, because he's like, an annoying ass neighbor, but he's freaking yoked. For real though, like <laughs> damn. Yeah, like Ned doesn't sin, but he freaking uses steroids like a mofo. Seriously. <laughs> okay, but is it just me? Do you have the pop, do you have the pop pulled up right now on your end? Yeah, I do. Okay, is it just me or does his shoes look like they're flippers? A little bit. Okay. I think they just look really shiny. Okay. that That's what I'm thinking too, but just the way that they angled it, yeah, it looks like he has flippers and not dress shoes. and It's kind of funny. Yeah, I think the, uh, the lighting on the shoes is just odd. Yeah. Them being black and everything, I think it's just... Odd, odd, uh, odd lighting. Yeah, no, no, I agree. But really good figure. Yes. I, I really dig, dig this one. No, I do too. Um, I think one thing I probably would change about it if I could. Um, so you see, like his little smile behind the mustache. 
Oh, yeah. I probably would have put, like, a black outline. Yeah, because you have to look. Like, I didn't even notice it until you pointed it out. Yeah, and it's not, like, a big gripe. I think it just adds to the cartoony look to Flanders. Yeah. Or just to the Simpsons characters in general. So that's probably something I would have added just to give more of that animated, drawn look. I like that. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's everything that we got in Pop Figures. Uh, next up, we got Blu-rays. So, Rose, you want to take it away with those? Yes. So, we only have one Blu-ray release coming out this week, and that is The War with Grandpa. Uh, this movie was released, uh, what was it? I think, like, in August? Um, so, like, right when theaters were beginning to open back up, did not do so well in the box office, but, I mean... Is anyone really surprised? Shocker. I know, right? Because no one, even now, no one really feels still safe to go back to the movies. But we'll see if maybe Wonder Woman uh, 1984 changes that. We'll see. Um, But yeah, so that is the only release that is coming out this week. And speaking of Wonder Woman, I highly doubt that that one's going to do well in theaters. Because they're releasing it on... On HBO Max. So what I've actually heard is, uh, you know how like Cinemark's doing like those private bookings that you can do. Yeah. Those are actually selling out. A lot of people are. Getting are they them. really? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are getting those for Wonder Woman. <sighs> okay. Well, okay. Think about this though. It's a private booking. Yeah. So who knows how many people are actually going to those? Fair. That's a good point. So like you got to think. If you're talking like a middle class person or upper, maybe let, let's say upper class, okay, they're probably only inviting family. That's true. So you got to think that's probably no more than 20 people in okay, a I'm theater sorry. that's meant for. I know it's private, but you should not be bringing 20 people to the movie theater right now. No, I absolutely agree, but for private booking. Yeah, okay. But but still, I mean, even for a private booking, isn't that like a little extensive right now? I okay, I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. Okay. But if you do compare that to a fully packed theater of like what, a hundred, hundred twenty people? Fair. That's a good point. Those margins are really low. So That's if you're true. thinking like it's it's strictly family folk, because this is a movie coming out on Christmas. Yes, that's that true. So this is a movie that people are going to book for Christmas. So about 20 people, you're probably spending, I would say maybe 100 175 maybe $200 to rent this this space out. That's not maybe. Bad. I I mean these this is just what I would be estimating. I don't know how much those private bookings would actually be. See, I, I know with like if it, if you were just wanting to like um do like like an older movie or like bring your own movie and, and it, even if you want to it was like 100 bucks. So I don't know how it is with like new releases. 
It's got to be like 200. Oh, then it's probably even lower than that. It's probably like 150 if it's a new release. Yeah, so yeah, so it's probably 100. They're not going to make their money back. No. Or they're not going to make the, the money back if we were in a normal situation and people could go to yeah. the theaters. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, yes, the private bookings are selling out, but what does that actually mean? But probably nothing. The thing is, though, Wonder Woman eighty four is only going to be on HBO Max for a short amount of time. It's not going to stay there, whereas it is actually going to stay in theaters for quite a while. Yeah, but you also, but you got to think about it's not going to. Um, oh shit! What was I just going to say? Wonder. So yeah, Wonder Woman's not going to be on for very long. But you can't get HBO Max for just a day. You have to rent it for the month. That's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Like at minimum, you have to rent it yeah. for the month. If you, unless you use your seven day free trial, if you sign into it, yeah, um, or create a new account. But me and my, me and Brielle, we just canceled Netflix um, to get HBO Max this month. No, that means you can't. Watch no, the just prom. for like. So we're like we still have Netflix until the end of the month, so I have time to watch it. Okay. It's well, even if you can't watch. Hold up, hold up. Ends today. Oh, never mind. <laughs> okay, you're borrowing my account and you're watching the prom, <laughs> dude. I'm sorry, you're uh, watching this movie. Yeah, we could just we'll talk about it off okay. off the air. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like from now on, like, cause we're probably going to go through our catalog of whatever we want to watch on HBO yeah. for a while. Okay. And then just kind of bounce back and forth because they announced that they're doing that with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Obviously. So I'm going to watch that probably the day it comes out Better on not HBO spoil Max. It, bitch. Oh, I won't. Um, and I think they announced that they were going to do that with Suicide Squad too. Yeah, they are. And Christopher yeah, Nolan so... and James Gunn are pissed, and I can't blame them. It, dude, like uh, we are seriously experiencing the death of movie theaters right in front of us, and I feel there's nothing. It's true, we can but do. think about it. Like, for most people. I mean, obviously, I don't have it set up right now, but in an ideal situation for me. And this isn't even, like, a big, like, this isn't, like, something that's not set in reality. I could easily have this set up. I have a big-ass TV, 55-inch, for anyone that's wondering. Hey, same. <laughs> yeah, I have a 55-inch TV. I have the capability to connect surround sound, if I so wanted. I, I mean, I'm not going to right now because living with people, yeah. but I have, I have the surround sound option and I know where I can buy some Orville Redenbacher popcorn. <laughs> Caleb, no, don't talk about just staying Dude, home I can movies. No, I can create the movie theater going experience no, in my household. No, you can't. It can't. To me. Yes, I can. I'm sorry. To me, it can't be replicated. It can't like 
There is something special Dude, about we freaking, going to the movies. We freaking had like a big-ass discussion on our way to that, move me here. That's true. We did. But I don't know. I just feel like there's like like kind of talking about, you know, like musicals. Like, you know, like most people, you know, like uh, most Broadway musicals, they'll adapt them to like movie versions. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, like this is awesome that I get to experience this musical because I couldn't afford to see it on Broadway. But it's still not the exact same because, I mean, come on. I mean, I understand that. I understand that with musicals. I absolutely understand that with musicals. You lose a certain magic with musicals. But with the normal movie theater going experience, yes, you. Okay, think about this. (laughs) I want you to think about this. Imagine you had like a big ass TV. Yeah. Like a like bigger like, or even like a projector. Okay. That you could make your entire wall like a freaking movie screen. If you had that, and you had some killer ass surround sound. You know what you don't have? Freaking assholes that talk through the movie. You have warm popcorn that you don't technically have to pay for. Or that you don't have to pay up the ass for. <laughs> you can get a drink of whatever size you want. Like you could be, you could set this whole thing up, have a comfortable seat that you're not afraid of getting freaking lice or COVID in. Like you could create a an amazing uh movie theater going experience in your household. The only thing that you're lacking is the audience or is the rest of the audience and honestly i hate the rest of the audience <laughs> no, dude, I get whenever it. i'm watching a comedy they laugh through they laugh through the next joke sometimes or they laugh through that's a, true the that, next that lines is annoying I, I or you'll get the the guy that was like behind me when with sonic that was just <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to freaking kill him <laughs> oh shit <laughs> I I get where you're coming from. I was trying to make a point. (laughs) I get where you're coming from, um, but I don't know. Like, the movie theater has always been my favorite way to escape. Just, you know, it's my my favorite. I don't want to say pastime, but it's just my favorite way to escape this world and just go somewhere else. I don't know. To me, there's nothing that can be replicated from the movie-going theater experience. And I get what you're coming from, but... I don't know. To me, it just can't be replicated inside a home. I would much rather like. Do you have no idea how much I miss going to the movies? Like, it's insane that I haven't gone to the movie theater since last March. It's been almost a freaking year, um, and I still don't feel. Yeah, we're getting there. And I still don't feel safe going to the movie theater because, I mean, yeah, I know like Cinemark is taking all of these precautions, you know, with spraying down and everything, and you, you have to wear a mask when you're watching a movie. But I still don't feel the need to not feel the need i still don't want to take the chance to see a movie in the theater yet but when i do get to that point i know that it's gonna feel like this is gonna sound cliche it's gonna feel like coming home again because it's it's just gonna be an amazing experience and i seriously can't wait for it i'm willing to bet you i could top the movie theater experience okay bet when i move out when i move out of this place and get my into my own place. I'm going to try and find 
a place where I can set up like a theater. Okay. Like obviously it's probably going to be a playroom as well, but I'm going to set something up that is I can like have a space away and turn it into a theater experience. Yeah. And you're going to come over. <laughs> And I'm going to prove I'm just going to, to fly you, out for the weekend just to see what you come up with. <laughs> just to see a movie. Worth it. Yeah, no, it's it, not even like a full week. It could be like a day trip where you fly in, watch the movie, and I freaking send your ass back just to prove to- you <laughs> yeah, wrong. Yeah, totally worth 300 bucks. <laughs> totally worth that. Dude, I'll pay for it myself. <laughs> no, you will not. You already did that. So, no, that is coming out of my own pocket. But <laughs> no, but to prove to prove that point, I absolutely would. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and been like, boom! Told you, bitch! Now get your ass back on the plane. <laughs> well, I could just see you drive me to the airport, and literally, instead of just letting me out of the car and grab my shit, you're just kicking my ass out. I like, I got to tuck and roll. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah, but that's. Like I can see where the where the uh, directors are coming from, they expect their movie like directors plan for their movies to be played on the big screen. Yeah, and it's does it suck that that won't happen or that it it's not going to be as big of a deal? Yes, it absolutely sucks because like as a f- like we've said, aspiring filmmakers, that's that blows. Yeah. Like the thought of not seeing a movie on a big screen blows. But when it comes to safety versus the theatrical experience, I think I could replicate the theatrical experience and even enhance it. Like obviously I I'd have to pay up the ass for <laughs> like a surround sound that freaking vibrates your whole freaking body. You're just going to take out a credit card Maybe. just for this reason alone. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> it's not going to be that. But I think that... Because I don't enjoy movies... Well, okay, this is going to come out probably wrong. I don't enjoy movies because I went to the theater. I enjoy the movies for the movie. Oh, yeah, no, That makes sense. I don't think that sounds wrong. I get what you're saying here. No, I I was I was gonna say it way different. It came out a lot better than what I was thinking it was. Okay, well that's good. Okay, that's a positive. <laughs> yeah, I. But yeah, I. I don't know. I I I think I appreciate movies differently. And yes, I want to get the best experience that I can and replicate the theatrical experience as best as I can. Yeah. But I think I could do that from the comfort of my own home. I don't know, maybe it's and just honestly, because... the biggest perk for me is not having to be with a shit ton of other people. Yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just because, you know, I'm, I want to keep physical media alive as much as I can, so, like, I refuse to buy anything on digital. Um, yes, I have streaming services, but that's different, or I don't know if that that is actually not different. But anyway, like, I try to buy as many Blu-rays as I can because I love being able to say that I own that movie, that is my movie, and they can't take that away from me. Um, and I feel it's kind of the same way with movie theaters now. And it's just like, I don't want to see directors and studios be like, well, I wanted my movie to be experienced on the big screen and now it can't. 
and I feel bad for them. And so I want to be able to push that and be able to kind of um, go after what their intention was. That if they wanted this to be seen on the big screen, well, then I'm going to make sure that I see it on the big screen. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. Like, absolutely. And I do think that there is something to watching it on such a big screen. But for me, it's not... The reason that I enjoy going to theaters is because of the crisp projector. Yeah, that's right. I go there for the crazy sound system. Yeah. Like, that's what I go to it for. I don't go because of whatever reasons that... Yeah. Like oh like this is this is better than anything I could create at home. It's or I guess that is the reason. <laughs> but I don't go there for like the experience of going and getting my overpriced popcorn and my overpriced drink. Well, I n- see that's why praying I that I don't get sick when I go. Yeah, and then like going. And sitting next to, and just praying that I don't get sat next to some asshole. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of the perk right now with the social distancing. That like there, <laughs> there literally won't be someone within like a five seat radius of you. Yeah, like that's a big perk, but I can get that at home too. That's true, and yeah, and I think with the proper cheap setup, I could recreate the theatrical experience and enhance it. Okay. Bet. That's what I'm basically getting at. Okay. So once I move out and get this dream situation set up, like, yeah, you're flying out for the weekend and we're going to just binge movies. Deal. We'll binge the whole uh, MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. I'll freaking take a week off of work to do that. Dude, I would too. It'd be worth it. Be like the best vacation ever. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I do think that it is sad that the movie theater experience is dying, but I think this is going to just be the birth of a different era for movies, where instead of it being what we've known it to be today, it's going to evolve into something a little bit more. Um, like an attraction, I feel, okay. where they're going to have to offer more premium things. Yeah. Like, I know that there are some theaters that it's like dine-in theater, where yeah, you sense. get sat at a table, yeah. and you can order food, you can order drinks, and I know some all this other like stuff. That. None out yeah. here. So I think it's going to end up being more like that. Okay. I think that's what it's going to evolve into. It's going to get maybe more expensive. Yeah, probably. Be like twenty bucks a ticket. So it's more like, oh, you're instead of paying for a ticket and a seat, you're paying for you're literally paying for a table. Yeah, it's kind of like the dinner and a show kind of situation. Yeah, and then I think you're just going to get more of those premium options for for seating. It's not going to be what it is now. And any, I think any theater that thinks or is going to hold on to the idea that that's what it is, they're going to die out. It's going to be the, the ma and pa shops that are going to stay open, that evolve to the needs of the customer or 
the desires of the customer or the the client base. No, I get what you're saying. But yeah, we could probably do a whole freaking episode on that alone. We seriously could. <laughs> enough depressing talk. But yeah, but we are not about that. <laughs> uh, so. With that, I don't think there's anything else left in Adventures in Hunting, so we can move on to our main event of the evening. Yeah. Time for the main event. It's main event time. Let's play game. Alrighty, before we get into the main event of the evening, we got some responses to our question of the week this week. Uh, So we posted the question, like the wet bandits, what would be your bandit calling card and name? And who's part of your crew? And we got a couple different responses. So the first one is over on Instagram. We got a response from at Brucker Norse. Um, Brucker, as you guys may or may not know, is one of the hosts of Film on the Rocks, and we a- we were actually on an, on their uh, I don't want to say their latest episode. We were on their Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. episode. Two really fun guys so. that have a fun ass podcast. Hell yeah, that episode was an absolute yeah, blast. So, if you guys haven't checked out. Film on the rocks. Go check them out. They're amazing. Do it, and you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, getting back to it. Uh, so he responded and said, "The slippery bandits. We put butter on everything." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I have to know though, like what brand of butter, like. Are you specific, or are you just like, you know what, I don't really care? Like, we talking country crock, can't believe it's not butter. I need some answers, Brucker. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Dude, I think there's something to this that's freaking evil. <laughs> Why do you say that? Like, okay. With the wet bandits, they turn on the sinks and they leave the water running, and so your house kind of floods. Yeah, like yeah, that's messed up. But you're probably going to get insurance money for that. True. You know what? You're not going to get insurance money for someone putting butter on all of your shit. <laughs> and you know that you're just you're gonna you're gonna clean the house as best as you can. But there, you're still going to find butter some places. Hey, dude, I'll stay covered. Like you're going to go, like try and pick everything. up the phone. You're going to go... <laughs> what? Doesn't Allstate cover like everything? They're not going to cover butter. You never know. Jake will hook it up. Jake from State Farm. <laughs> dude, but could you imagine cleaning up everything, thinking you're like done? You get like a deep clean up of your house. And then you go and like, like your foot slides too too far under your cabinets, and you just get butter on your feet. <laughs> or you like go and grab the remote, and your your remote is covered in butter. <laughs> like uh, that's some freaking conniving shit. And I want to, I want Brucker to get like 
a psych profile. Because <laughs> that is messed up. <laughs> Genius, Brucker. Genius. Genius, but freaking evil. <laughs> and I usually respond to everyone, or I try to respond to those like that I can uh, whenever they answer. I couldn't answer him. And this <laughs> that's exactly why I'm, I just started thinking about that. Because I'm like, oh, what's a good response? And then I just started thinking about having butter put on everything that I own. And it, like, it filled me with, like, some rage. <laughs> I'm like, I hate touching something and it's, like, slippery as it is. It, it, and it, it was covered with butter. I would, I would go insane. I would absolutely go insane. I would move. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, anyway, so... Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, moving on, <laughs> moving over to Twitter, we got a response from the Royal Mumble Podcast at Mumble Royal, uh, and they said, "Easy at K underscore Vanda Bogart or Vandy B, and at Plunge Podcast." Uh, and I would be the sneaky roofie boys. <laughs> We're bringing roofies into this. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, you yeah. Can... Why not? I mean, I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> I like it. But yeah, it's right. a creative name. Yeah, it is. I like it. Yeah, I really like the sneaky roofie boys. <laughs> But he he didn't spell roofie like the drug. He spelled it like R O O F Y. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so who knows what if that's actually what they mean. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> so I doubt it's like roofies. But I'm also a, not 100% sure it's not. So <laughs> Oh, anyway, thank you both for answering our question of the week. We really appreciate hearing from you guys. Yes, and thank you. Enjoying your your answers, even the ones that aggravate the ever living shit out of us. Rucker. Okay, okay Caleb, <laughs> I just thought of one that would probably irritate you even more. I'm gonna call my group oh, no. the Jelly Bandits. We're gonna put petroleum jelly on everything. That's a good way to get convicted of murder. <laughs> Because someone's just going to walk into their house, slip, and snap their neck. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you can't call the cops on someone who's dead. No. Nope, or you, you can't call the cop. Nope. I messed that up. Yeah, you butchered You can't that. call the cops if you're dead. There, yeah, see, there we go. <laughs> but is that Freaking worse than butter? messed up, man. Is that worse than butter? I'm going to say no. Really? Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, at least, like, that is slippery. Okay. And so, like, you would grab a phone, and, like, if you put, like, the jelly on on your phone, you'd grab the phone, but it would just, like, slip out of your hands. Yeah. Like, yes. Is that annoying? Absolutely. But there's just something about butter <laughs> that it's it's not, like, too slippery, 
Like, you'd still be able to grab your phone and be able to have, like, a grip on it. Fair. It just leaves, like, this nasty, greasy, like, residue on your hands, and it's just... Bleh. Yeah, I would explode. Oh, my god! I would absolutely explode. And could you imagine if it started getting hot? Then uh, something true. would it would start smelling like popcorn. And that's a bad thing? Yes, if it's, like, all the time. <laughs> Bullshit. I love that. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking about Rucker's response for way longer than I needed to. Oh, my to. goodness. <laughs> Dude, I just read it once, and I was like, okay, you know what? I like that. Yeah, Caleb, I think you pondered this way too much. I ponder everyone's answer. That's true, you do. Yeah. So, like I said, thank you, everyone, for answering a question of the week. We really enjoy uh, hearing from you guys, we enjoy the discussions that we have. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so getting into this week's breakdown of Home Alone, sticking with our Christmassy theme. Uh, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually grade to come to a final All Bros score or letter grade. The eight categories that we grade are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then at the end we give it our own personal grade. And that gives us all of the information that we need to come to a letter grade. So, with that, if you have not seen Home Alone, this movie came out in 1990? Uh, let me see really quick. Uh, yeah, 1990. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, this movie came out in 1990. If you have not seen it, that's on you. How did, how have you not seen it in the 30 years that it's been out? Yeah, no shit. Like, this is a holiday classic, guys. Come on. Yeah, so if we spoil it for you, it's more on you than us. Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, Rose is going to read us the full synopsis for the movie, spoiling the entire thing, so you've had your warning, Sp- and, yeah, so with that, it is reading with Rose time. Yes. Spoiler alert, he's left home alone, if the title didn't give it away. <laughs> uh, all right. So, the McAllister family is preparing to spend Christmas in Paris, France, gathering at Peter and Kate's home in a Chicago suburb on the night before their departure. Peter and Kate's youngest son, Kevin, is the subject of ridicule by his older siblings, Buzz, Jeff, Megan, and Lenny. Kevin eventually ruins dinner by fighting with Buzz and is forced to sleep in the attic as punishment. But before he goes, he tells Kate he wishes he had no family. During the night, the power is knocked out in the neighborhood, which results in all of the alarm clocks resetting. Realizing they overslept, the McAllisters rush out the door to get to the airport. In the confusion, Kevin is left behind, and he wakes to find the house empty, thinking that his wish has come true. Kevin relishes his new found freedom. However, things turn... However, things turn when Kevin has an encounter with Old Man Marley, a neighborhood man who is rumored to be a serial killer, which scares him. 
Meanwhile, a pair of burglars named Harry and Marv, nicknamed the Wet Bandits, have been casing the neighborhood looking for potential targets, with Harry having particular designs on the McAllister house home. The duo has a specific calling card. Marv has a tendency to clog sinks and turn on the faucets before he leaves, which causes the house to be flooded out. While in flight, Kate realizes that Kevin was left behind, and once the plane lands in Paris, she immediately begins to try and get back to Chicago, but discovers that the earliest flight home they can get is two days away. She eventually gets on a flight back to the United States while the family goes to Peter's brother Rob's apartment in Paris, but gets stranded in Scranton, Pennsylvania on Christmas Eve. A fellow stranded traveler, polka band leader Gus Polinski, is on his way to Milwaukee with his band and asks Kate if she would like a ride home with them in a rental truck since they are passing through Chicago anyway. Kate gratefully accepts. On Christmas Eve, Kevin makes a visit to the local Santa Claus portrayer, portrayer well, and wishes for his family to come home. He later discovers Harry and Marv plotting to rob his home later that night and eventually ends up in the local church where he again meets old man Marley. Marley is very cordial to him and tells Kevin none of the rumors about him are true. He points out to Kevin that his granddaughter is singing in the choir, telling him that this is one of the only times he gets to see her because of an estrangement between his son and himself. Kevin suggests he try to contact him, and Marley agrees. Kevin returns home and rigs the house with booby traps to take on the burglars. Harry and Marv break in, spring the traps, and suffer various injuries. While the duo pursues Kevin around the house, he calls the police and flees, then lures Harry and Marv into a neighboring home which they previously broke into and which Marv also left the water running at. They ambush him and prepare to get their revenge, but Marley intervenes and knocks them unconscious with his snow shovel. The police arrive and arrest the wet bandits, telling them that Marv's trademark move got them busted for multiple robberies. On Christmas Day, <laughs> Kevin wakes up to find out his wish appears to not have come true. However, Kate pulls up in the rental truck moments later and has an emotional reconciliation. <sighs> oh my gosh! Reconciliation? <sighs> yes, thank you. With Kevin. To their surprise... Reading with Rose. Shut up. <laughs> I need a theme song for you, dude. Yeah, we do. I still gotta get the design together for this. I need shirts. To their surprise, the rest of the family arrives shortly thereafter, having returned on the aforementioned flight from earlier. As everybody gets settled back in, Kevin looks out the window to see that old man Marley and his son have indeed patched things up for the holidays, and the two wave to each other. Hell yeah. Yeah. So... I always seem to forget how fun this movie is. Oh, this this movie is just a blast from start to finish. I love this movie. Absolutely. It is so good. I mean, this being like that being said, the story is not an A plus story no. at all. No, it's not. This is a movie that's like that's very average in like in pretty much everything. But it works out in its favor. It, yes. Like, nothing in this movie feel, felt, like, super aged other than, like, maybe the alarm clocks and the yeah. phone. Yeah. But those are such a small and insignificant part in this movie. 
No. It's, so, no. I mean, yeah, and there was a lot of shit in this movie that pissed me off. <laughs> like what? Like when, uh, oh, like when Kevin's dad's brother, or so when Kevin's uncle. Oh, so Uncle Frank? After, yeah, when he spills, like, everything and, like, madness kind of happens. Yeah. It's not his fault. Like, Kevin should definitely have gotten in trouble for the milk. Yeah. Not everyone's reaction that caused all the freaking chaos. Uh. And then when uh, when Frank calls or goes to, or basically makes a big old scene, he's like, look what you did, you little jerk. I would have knocked the ever-living <laughs> shit. Out of my brother. <laughs> oh, my like goodness. I will freaking destroy you if you call my kid a jerk, dude. And forget- you're a full-grown adult. I seriously forgot how much of a cheapskate he is in this movie. Like, uh, I totally forgot about the scene on the plane when he uh, he notices the silverware and he's just like, "Stuff it in your purse, stuff it in your purse." As the flight attendant is walking up to talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my goodness. Seriously, Uncle Frank? Yeah, he's a freaking cheap ass. Yeah. Oh. And also on the plane, when he like they're first getting on, he's just like, oh, champagne. It's free, right? <laughs> <laughs> or when he, he's the one that grabs the pizzas, and the pizza guy's like, that's $122.50, and he's just like, uh, it's my brother's house. He'll pay for it. Yeah. It's like it's the least you like can do, buddy. Prick. Seriously. Duh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Uncle Frank pisses me off. <laughs> also, um, this is one of my favorite parts in the movie is when Kevin goes to uh, the uh, grocery store and the lady ringing him out. Uh, yeah, um, just keeps asking him the questions and. <laughs> Final question is, where do you live? Oh, I can't tell you that. Why? Because you're a stranger. Just the way that Kevin <laughs> says that, I just love it. Every single time I watch it. Yeah. Dude, like, what the hell was up with that lady freaking hounding of an eight-year-old? Also... Or how old was he? Was he eight or yeah, nine? Yeah, he was eight. And also, um, I want your opinion. Okay, so when he first goes to... Uh, I forget what store he goes to, but he goes to buy that toothbrush... And, you know, like, he asks, like, if this is approved from the Dental, National Dental Association or whatever. Um, and, you know, like, he gets scared because of, uh, what's his name? Uh, Marley. Old Man Marley. Yeah, Old Man Marley. And he, wa- you know, like, he runs out. And the uh, worker is just, like, he points to the cop. He's like, shoplifter. If you were a cop, would you run after an eight-year-old that uh, had stolen a toothbrush? Is it worth the... Is it worth that, especially in the snow, running across an ice rink? Is is it worth the chase? Once he got to, I would have stopped at the ice rink. Okay, but it's like no, I'm not. You got to think about this. this. Like think about this. Think about this from the cop's perspective. He doesn't know what the kid stole. That's a good point. That's a that's a very good. He point. just knows that the kid's a shoplifter. That's a good point. That's a good point. I just can imagine yeah. if and like, let's, he actually like let's him. talk about this for a second. I would have put forth a little bit more effort if I were that worker. <laughs> Seriously, he could have caught up to him. Yeah. He was like a kid 
he looked like he was like 16, 17 years yeah. old. He could have caught up to him. Easily. But no, he ran out the door and then yelled at a cop. Yeah. Like, you couldn't keep chasing him? Like, I would have been, like, running, and then when the cop looked, I'd be like, freaking shoplifter! Yeah. And then try and catch him myself. I don't know, maybe it was against the company guidelines, I don't know. Yeah, so. Because, I mean, that is how some companies are. The same. That's fair. But, still, a (laughs) freaking toothbrush, I mean, come on. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I really liked everything about this movie. Like, it does feel though like everything before. Um, Harry and Marv get to the uh, before they get into the house or start to try and break in. Everything before that, it feels like very slow. That's fair. And then when everyone, or when all the the craziness starts happening, and they're like dealing with the uh, the break in stuff and the freaking booby traps, that's when I, f- I feel the movie picks up the pace a lot better. I don't know what it was, but maybe it's just because I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years. Like I don't usually watch this movie every Christmas, but it felt like the um like the wet bandits going through all the traps went by a lot faster than I remember it going. Yeah, same here. So, and this is something that I'll get we'll get to in effects, but I'll just touch upon it. I feel like in the past it feels like the the hits landed a bit harder. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you point you can point out in this movie that you're just like how the hell did you not notice that like with the uh, Harry, how did he not notice that the uh, doorknob was glowing red? Shouldn't that be a uh, sign that maybe I shouldn't touch that? Yeah, I feel like you could feel the heat radiating from yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you seen the episode of Family Guy where they make fun of this movie? No. So they're sitting down watching TV and they're like... Now back to Home Alone with competent robbers. And he, like, so it's these two guys, and, like, they, they're walking in, and there's, a like, all the cars in front of the staircase. Yeah. And he, like, steps on one, and he's like, ooh, almost slipped there. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. And he's like, what, what what's up with all these cars that are here to make us look like we're... Or that are trying to attempt to make us fall. And then you see, like, that little kid up at the top. And he's just like, like, you hungry for more? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, this random-ass kid. And then, the like, one of the robbers pulls out a gun and shoots the kid. <laughs> and he's oh, just shit. like, can't leave witnesses. <laughs> Damn. Like, I'm totally butchering that whole bit. But, yeah, like, I'll... I'll probably I'll send you a link when, okay. when we're done. It's freaking hilarious. So so is that the exact line they said, or did he say it how he does in the movie? Are do you guys give up, or are you thirsty for more? I think he just says like, "Are you thirsty for more?" Okay. Or, like you guys, you guys had enough yet, or something along those lines. Okay. And then they just pull out a gun, shoot him, and <laughs> they're like, "This kid could have routed us out." Damn. <laughs> They did like a uh, an adult swim thing where uh, 
it was a spoof on Halloween and Home Alone, the 2018 Halloween, and they did it to where Michael Myers goes to Kevin's house <laughs> instead of Lori's, and so Kevin's like putting him through all these booby traps, and then eventually Michael Myers kills him, and it's freaking hilarious. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that'd be great. <laughs> I recommend it. I'll have to send you the link. It's freaking funny. Yeah. Um. But overall, I think the story flowed pretty well. It got a little slow in the middle. That's fair. Um. So I'm I'm at I'm at a pretty average score. I'm probably sitting eighty, eighty one. No, I think solid eighty is a great score for the story. Yeah, I mean it. It works really well. Like we said, it's not an A plus movie by any means no. of the word, or yeah, by any meaning. But it's good. It's a good, really fun is. Christmas movie. Yeah, and, and if you're going in for a good time and kind of want to just shut your brain off a little bit, this is definitely the Christmas movie to do it with. This, and I'm going to say it, but. I enjoy the second one just as much as the first one. I do too. I That's think not Home a hard thing yeah, to. I think Home Alone Two: Lost in New York is a great sequel. Yeah, and we should do that one next year, dude. I'm down. Absolutely, let's do it. Hell yeah! All right, so eighty four story. Next up, let's talk about the writing. Writing's pretty good. I mean. <sighs> It's amazing how much of dicks Kevin's siblings are to him. Just the fact that he's, they're just like, Kevin, you're such a disease. Or, Kevin, you're, yeah. you're what I'm the like, French call. What does that call. even mean? Yeah, or the one sister that's like, <laughs> Kevin, you're what the French call, uh, what is it, les incompetents or some shit like that. Yeah, basically calling him incompetent. Yeah. Um, And then, <laughs> and then freaking Buzz, oh my gosh. Buzz is such an ass to him. Yeah. Dude, it's it's so weird. Like the you're definitely getting like cheesy eighties writing, I feel. You are, and who's this I think John Hughes directed this movie, right? Yeah, it's a John Hughes movie. Yeah, and you yeah, like you said, you're definitely getting nineties style writing, but I don't know. I f- I'm nostalgic. I'm for saying that like shit. like so. late '80s. Okay, late. Okay, yeah. That's like 80s. what it feels like. Because when I first was thinking about this movie, I'm like, this feels like an '80s movie. And I then I realized, oh, it's just because John Hughes directed it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but the writing is is very cheesy. It is at times, and a little bit over the top. There is definitely some like amazing dialogue. But I Did think you there's just feel too much. Sometimes the mom's dialogue was a little too over the top. I get where I can understand where she was coming from, but like especially like some scenes at the airport, I'm just like, okay, lady, let's let's yeah. take it down a notch here. Just a, like just a, a bit, I would say. Yeah, it's. I I would definitely put the writing below the story. Yeah, because I, I think the writing suffered. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, but overall, it was fairly good. It really was. 
like a lot of Kevin's dialogue was amazing. Like what you were saying with the uh, the cashier and saying like you're a stranger. <laughs> uh, but like that stuff, I freaking love. Like his little retorts when he had to start acting like a, a grown up. Like that was fantastic. Uh, dude, I love the parts when he would be like, say when he's watching that movie, he's just like. Hey guys, I'm eating rubbish, or no, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come down and stop me. <laughs> Shit like yeah. that, I loved. Yeah, that stuff was. That stuff is perfect. Yeah. It's like I said, it's everyone else's dialogue around them that sucked. I feel Kevin and uh, not Kevin, sorry, um, Harry and Marv's dialogue was really good. Yeah, theirs was super solid. Like, everything that they said, I don't think they had any wasted lines. No, they didn't. <laughs> and I, I love think... when uh, when Mar first gets back into uh, the uh, van, and Harry's just like, what are you smiling at? No, what are you smiling at? You did it, didn't you? Seriously, why you gotta flood every single house? It's our staple, Harry. We're the wet bandits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I really dug that, like all of everything that they did, like every every bit, all the lines that they had, were perfectly well crafted. Yeah, they were. and same with most of Kevin's. Yeah, I'd say when he's with the family, that's like, eh. But when he's by himself, that's when it's like, yeah, damn near flawless. If he wasn't with, okay, still like the. F- the best parts of the movie is when Kevin's just like, "Can I sleep in your room, Buzz? You know, I don't want to sleep with I forget the kid's name, but he'll wet the bed." And he's just oh, like, Fuller, yeah, Fuller, and he's just like, "I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you were growing on my ass." <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what anyone says; that line will always be freaking hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I said, I'm lower than story, but. I'm still actually no. I I'm where are you sitting at? I'm at like a solid seventy-five. Yeah, I'm at like a seventy-three. So I'll meet you in the middle, seventy-four. Yeah, no, sounds good to me. All right, next up we got acting. So I think we definitely need to do Macaulay Culkin. Oh yeah. Um. And then Joe, Daniel Stern and, and Joe. Joe Pesci. Yes. Okay. All right. Do we want to start with Joe uh, Pesci so, or Daniel Stern? Uh, let's start with Daniel Stern. Okay. I think Joe Pesci had a little bit more he did. dialogue and more to do. Yeah. Um, I loved Daniel Stern in this film. Um, I feel, I, I don't know. I haven't seen Daniel Stern in a lot because honestly, the only things I remember seeing him in are this in Home Alone 2 and uh, A Christmas Story 2 and a lot of people don't like to talk about that movie. <laughs> um, so, but, um, no, I, I love his performance as Marv. Um, he's freaking hilarious. Just his, uh, it, the way he overreacts is amazing. Like when he steps on that nail, um, when uh, Kevin puts the tarantula on his face. Just... That is my favorite scene. Dude, excellent choice. That is such a fantastic scene. Um, yeah, whenever, like, yeah, when the, during the struggle with the freaking tarantula, that is by far my favorite scene. And 
he has both of my favorite scenes in both movies. Okay, what's your favorite scene in Home Alone? So in the yeah, in the first one, tarantula. In the second one, it's when the pigeons are like pecking at his nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like his scream in that is flawless. I th- oh, what was and that? then my runner-up scene, my runner-up scene with him is uh, when he gets electrocuted in the oh, second one. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. I think this is in the second one. And he one. turns into the skeleton, and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is the second one, too, but it's when he's just like, Harry, I've reached the top. And... Yeah, <laughs> that's the second one. Okay, I, I love that scene so much. Or, okay, sorry, last thing about talking about the second one, but when uh, um, Kevin's, like, throwing those bricks down, and he just keeps getting hit, and he's just like, Mar- uh, Harry's just like, come on, Marv, get up. He's like, Harry, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I die every time. Oh, okay, enough about Home Alone 2. That's for next year, Home Alone. Yeah. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about that one next year. <laughs> oh. um, but um, no, his his performance is amazing. Um, in this movie, um, none of his screen time is wasted. He's he's hilarious. Um, and I feel him yeah. and Joe, him and Joe Pesci really complement each other. I feel you you would you wouldn't think that these two would work uh, well off of each other, but they do. They really do. Yeah, it's oh so so good, and I think honestly, him and Joe Pesci are on the same level for me. I no, I, I can absolutely agree. Joe Pesci's maybe like a little, like a point or two higher, but not by much. I can give you that. So I th- I say whatever we give Daniel Stern, we give Joe Pesci just like a one up. Okay. So. Yeah, so, I mean, if we're going to be talking about both of them, I think Joe Pesci did a really good job at not playing it over the top. I think he did a really good job at grounding he did. Um, Daniel Stern. Yes. I think Daniel Stern was just, like, really high in his level and cheesiness, and Joe Pesci was really low. Yeah. And so... I think they they even themselves out really well, and it felt realistic. Um, their portrayal. Would you have believed the whole cop situation that cops were coming around, just making sure that everyone was keeping up to date on their locks, making sure that they were taking the right precautions and shit like that? Would you have believed that? I would have fallen for it. Yeah, I would have too. <laughs> Yeah, I would have hell fallen for that. I I probably wouldn't have gone into as much detail and being like, oh, we did this, this, and this. This is our security system. Blah 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 blah. I probably wouldn't have gone that far in explaining it. It's I would like, have just hey, been plot like, device. yeah, our security system's fine. Yeah. Like, and if they if the cop pushed it too hard, I'd be like, why? Yeah, exactly. It's like, do you have do you have do you have a search warrant? Like, I don't know if I'd go that far. But it's just like, do you really need to know that? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, my house is gonna be safe. I think that's really all you need to know, officer. Yeah. Oh. So. 
I think Joe Pesci pulled that off so well. And I remember watching that for the first time, and it took me a second to realize that those were the same people. Same, dude. I was the exact same. (laughs) Yeah. And the first time I watched this, I was about seven or eight. Okay. So, yeah. Like, I watched it. I'm just like, I remember thinking, like, that kind of looks like the cop. (laughs) And then when he smiles and, like, the thing, I'm like, it is the cop. (laughs) I love the uh, banter that he has with a couple of kids. He's just like, are your parents our home? Do they live there here? No. No, of course not. No, no, no. No parents. Just just kids. Makes sense to me. (laughs) Oh. But so good. So freaking good. Love him. Yeah. So what are you what are you thinking with uh with these two? Uh for Daniel Stern, I would give probably like an eighty eight, so Joe Pesci an eighty nine. I can absolutely agree with that. He he did they were, were both freaking amazing. Gosh. Just just shy of perfection, yeah. I feel. Absolutely. So I think that's definitely a fair score for them. Um, next up, Macaulay Culkin as Kevin McAllister. He was fantastic. Um, there, I feel it's hard to for being a child actor to pull off a role like this because um, I I feel it's asking a lot of a kid. And I think Macaulay Culkin nailed it. Um, I love him in this movie. Um, I have very little problems with his performance. For for how young he was, he he did an amazing job. I think he did too. I think he has a little bit of that um, child actor syndrome, though, where it comes off a little dry. That's fair. But I mean, child actor. Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um. So I'm not. I'm not gonna dock him too much. But honestly, you might be higher than me. I'm. A, I'm going to assume. Okay, so well. wh- I'm putting him on the same level as Joe Pesci at 89. No. Just because I'm trying to give him some bonus points because this is one of his earliest. Uh, roles. Yeah. Um, I don't think this is his first role, though. I I don't think it is either. I mean, this is definitely his most yeah, well-known could... role. Yeah, definitely. And I th- I think he was younger in that uh, Uncle Buck movie. I think he was too. So yeah, I, I doubt this is his first role. Yeah, but so, no, I can definitely agree maybe... with eighty nine. Are you boosting? Yeah, I'll stick with an eighty-nine. Okay. I was going to go a little bit lower just because not his first role. Yeah, but still, with how young he is. No, but I feel like, yeah. oh, like when it comes to, uh, like the emotional parts, he just he he nails everything. I feel even like and this is kind of like more uh, effects wise, but I feel they asked a lot of him with like setting all those traps up and shit, and like he pulls it off. He. Macaulay did a fantastic job in this film. Yeah. 
So averaging that out, that comes to an 88.6%. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, next up, we got character development. So I think we can definitely do this off of Kevin. Yes. Um, Oliver, I feel he had a pretty good um, character development. You know, he goes from a kid that basically doesn't want a family at all. He feels he's the odd one out. Nobody, yeah, nobody, honestly, he feels nobody cares about him. He's the one that's always getting antagonized. He's the odd one out to a kid that loses his family and is like, hell yeah, I'm going to party this shit up. I'm going to have a blast. And then he finally realizes, well, you know, actually, maybe, you know, I I actually do miss my family. Maybe not so much Uncle Frank, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, no, it it is cool seeing his char- his character arc and you know like when he is finally reunited with his family it does feel genuine that you know like he actually did miss them he loves them and you know he's grateful that he does have them in his life. I agree. This is definitely one of the better arcs that we've had. Yes. Um I think he definitely goes from a kid that's that wants to be independent or thinks he can be independent and can handle it and kind of having to prove it. Yeah. (laughs) And then he kind of realizes how hard it is and how scary the real world can be. And kind of has a moment of like, things aren't necessarily how they, how they appear. Like, with his neighbor, Old Man Marley, like, thinking that he's a serial killer. Yeah. And taking that time to get to know who he is as a person and yep. just kind of having that, that little bit of an arc. That that whole Being scene like, in the really... church is, is just such a sweet moment. I love that scene. It is. It is a really, like, heartfelt scene. And I think... That's the most Christmassy scene. Absolutely. Yeah. And, like, it gives you those Christmas feels. Yeah, exactly. And, honestly, like, I think the whole, like, if you were to cut out the robber, like, the wet bandits all together from this movie, you would have a pretty decent and emotional movie. That's true, you would. Yeah, you really And do. like because you, like if you think about it if you, like if you cut that out, he still has to go through and kind of become the man of the house or handle his shit. Yeah. Like yeah, he freaking goofs off and does all this stuff, but he's working towards an appreciation for his family. And then if you cut out the wet bandits, then he kind of has a moment of growth where he's like, okay, things aren't necessarily all that they seem to be with old man Marley. You take the time to know him and he's something completely different than what I think he is. And maybe that's how it is with my family kind of has that realization and then is reunited with his family. And then it kind of has a better love for them or stronger love for them. And I think the wet bandit stuff is just cherry on top. Yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. So 
I actually really dug this the character development from him. I think it did a really good job at appreciating. And honestly, I think the character development next year is going to suffer. Because it's basically the same freaking story. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so. Well, te- I mean. Okay, yeah. I mean, at least this time he, he doesn't necessarily wish that his family was gone. It just, he you know, like he actually does go with his family. It just, you know, same shit happens. Yeah. So with character development, just with how solid the story was, I'm in the high 80s. Not quite sure where I'm at, but what are you thinking? I think maybe like 87, 88. I can give you an 87. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think it was a a fairly good arc. It was. All right, next up we got effects. So this is practical effects, stunt work. Obviously there wasn't much computer animated anything no. back in the 90s. I feel the bi- the biggest thing you you really want to point out with this effects wise is the whole uh, traps situation with Harry and Marv, and um, I feel uh, today even today that that uh, definitely holds up very well, including the whole paint can scenario. That that scene is still really funny, even though better watch out turned it into a very dark scenario. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um. But yeah, just the whole like Harry like burning his hand on the doorknob, um, the whole nail through the foot for Harry, um, Caleb's favorite the taran. This is not really stunt work, but the tarantula on the face. Um, just I I feel yeah, joke- I think the stunt work with that is when. Uh, which one's Daniel Stern? Is he Harry? No, not Harry. He's um he's Marv. Marv. Yeah, or no, he's Harry. No, he's Marv. I promise you. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of get them confused sometimes. No, dude, you're good, man. You're good. Um, no, but I think this the scene that I'm thinking of um, where it's more stunt work is when Marv it hits Harry with the crowbar. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that stuff feeling like it landed a lot harder, but you could kind of feel that, or you could kind of see that he was holding back. It's true. I think they could have gotten away with using like a soft rubber uh, crowbar. Yeah, I'm sure if they, they did. didn't already use that. Yeah. I think they could have gotten away with using one of those and having. Daniel Stern just go crazy. That would have been awesome. I think it. I think it would have made it feel like it had more weight behind the yeah, hits. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. So I mean, that's not like a huge gripe. It's more of a minor one. I get you. Um, they sometimes or one scene that stands out to me is the the zip line when they crawl across on the rope. And oh, yeah. uh, Kevin cuts the rope, and they swing. You can tell that that's stuntmen. Oh, you can't. I, 
At least for a couple, you can, uh, yeah. like a couple quick shots. I don't know how you I can definitely tell that. that it's stunt work or stuntmen, not stunt work. <laughs> Everything in this freaking scene was stunt work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean that doesn't take it down a whole bunch for me. I still think that everything else was perfect. I thought the uh, the slipping looked really good. Yeah, that did. The paint can thing looked really good. All of the freaking stuff with the feet and burning looked amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I still freaking cringe when I see Marv step on the nail. Yeah. Ugh. Like, dude, I know, like, the scene's coming every time, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> and then when it comes, I'm just like, no. <laughs> uh, so I think with everything that I'm going to dock with the effects, I'm going to put them at like 87. I can agree with that. Yeah? Yeah. All right, next up we got music. I freaking love the music in this movie. Like the <laughs> I feel whenever someone thinks of the Run Run Rudolph song, the the airport scene, I don't know about anybody else, but that is the first thing that comes to mind when I think of that song. Same here. It's hard to argue with how amazing this soundtrack was. Yeah. Obviously, they're throwing in Christmas songs. Yeah, but... But all of the Christmas songs freaking work. Yeah, they, oh, they really do. So good. Um, And who can freaking not think of this movie with that score? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, so good. My Like, honestly, I think my favorite song, the one that stands out the most to me is when is right before he starts to set up the traps at his house. Okay. Um when it's like that rock and roll or when it switches from the like the Christmassy carol of the bells yeah to like a full rock and roll. Yes. Oh, that was so or much. like epic like orchestra. Yeah. I mean you can't uh forget the classic home alone theme at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, this mu- this music was really good. <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm thinking a solid eight. An eight? Yeah. Damn, I was sitting at a nine. I can give you a nine. Yeah? Yeah, I can absolutely give you a nine. Yeah, I'll give you a nine. <laughs> <laughs> but it... It's so good. It's so good. And I think the had the score not been as memorable as it was, I I probably would have leaned more towards an eight. That's fair. Like, Uh. I think, because we just do solid, like, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. We don't do, like, nine and a half or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I was seriously like at an eight and a half. <laughs> I was like at an eight point five three, <laughs> like <laughs> barely leaning towards a nine. Oh shit! I love but it. But I think it. I think it earned a nine. 
All right, and next up we got costumes. Pretty, I mean, it's nothing special. It's you know like classic winter clothes in the nineties. Um, but like I feel the Wet Bandits, Harry and Marv looked great in their uh, their banded attire. I don't know if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, lots of uh, lots of. I don't even know what kind of fabric that was. I, w- I want to uh, say wool, but I know that's not right. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I, I, I don't know, actually. Yeah, it's just like all of the. I think the costumes are honestly what aged this movie the most. True that. True that. But I mean, it. That being said, it's. It doesn't age it that badly. No. It just like noticeable <laughs> is how I would say it. Yeah, I agree with that. So, other than like that, it's just nothing stood out a whole ton. No. So I'm like six or seven. I can go either way. So whichever you go with. I will fully support. I'm say six. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, the, okay. I talked myself up, and the, the reason I talked myself up is Kevin's winter gear, and it's kind of his beanie. His beanie is very memorable. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, that thing's kind of a staple. It's like a very standout. Yeah. Very standout. Okay. So I'll I'll give some bonus points for that because everyone else kind of, eh. Yeah. Okay. So seven. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um. All right. And then lastly, our own personal grade. All right. Who's going first? Um. I'll let you go first. All right. Okay. So. Uh, overall, watching this movie again, fell in love with it all over again. Um, this is one of my favorite Christmas movies. The cast is amazing. Um, the story is kind of, it's, it's kind of basic, but it works in its favor in a way, just because, like I said, again, the cast, the, uh, the music, the, the, the writing is just, it's it's so good. Like, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Um. So I am sitting at a solid eighty-five. That's not bad. I'm a little bit lower. Okay. Than you. I'm probably sitting in like. I'm probably sitting at like a solid eighty. Okay. Not bad. Um, it is like I said, it is lower, but it's. It's a good movie. It's a it really, really, really fun movie. It's very enjoyable to watch. Um, it's just... I caught myself a few times before the uh, the break-in happened. Yeah. Pl- like, going and, like, messing with my phone. Oh, and really? kind of having to be like, oh, oh, shit. Like, I need to, like, put it down and pay attention. <laughs> Um, but yeah, once, once the break-in happened and all that was going on, I was just like, freaking game on, like, let's, 
Like I, I put my phone down and watched it very intently. Uh, it's just good. everything before it was just kind of like it lulled a little no, bit. I get you. Like I probably honestly could have skipped to that part in the movie yeah. and been fine. Okay. Well, that's fair. But, I, I mean, that's not how we freaking do this. We no. watch the entire movie. Exactly. So, that's why it's sitting at an 80 for me. Okay. It's still I very could probably, good. yeah, like, and it's just because Christmas is yeah. the, re- like, if it were any other month that we were doing this, I'd probably be like 78, 79. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like a huge difference to... Or I don't think would sound like a huge difference to most people, but it's a big enough one for me. (laughs) So, averaging out our personal grades, that brings us to a personal grade score of 82.5. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. And with that being put in, that brings us to our final score for Home Alone and the final letter grade for this movie is a B not bad solid B I like it yeah it's actually uh, on the softer side for our B yeah so the the cutoff for a B is 83% okay this is 83.6% Oh, okay. So it's 0.6% away from being a B minus. Okay. And I think this is a pretty good score for this movie. Yeah, I agree. That's actually really good. Yeah. So everything So I'm going to compare this to other movies that we've broken down or um we graded. And so every movie that I'm about to list is all B movies. Like, not B plus, not B minus, just flat B. Um, so, first one we got is... So, this movie is two points below The Oath. Okay. Um, We don't have a whole lot of freaking B movies. It is one point below Solo... Okay. Uh, also one point below Christopher Robin. It is point. It is point six percent higher than Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Okay, that's not bad. Okay. And Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle is seriously the closest to a B minus. Really. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, the cutoff for a for a B minus is. 83%. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Jungle is 83.06%. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see. So Home Alone is 0.3% lower than Thor Ragnarok. Okay. It is 0.2% lower than Sonic the Hedgehog. Alright, not bad. 2% lower 
then onward. Blasphemy. I'm just kidding. What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Onward was a good movie. I know. I'm kidding. I loved Onward. I'm kidding. Yeah, it is actually right in line with Lady and the Tramp 2019. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> either. Yeah, one point, or yeah, one percent lower than Age of Ultron. Okay. Uh, 2% lower than The Lion King. Damn, 0.2% higher than Toy Story 4. Damn. Oh, shit. And then same with uh, Child's Play 2019. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. And then the last one I'm going to do, it is... 0.4% higher than Shazam. All right. Yeah. No, that's not bad. And at all. Th- which I would almost disagree with, but looking back at our individ- like the scores, yeah. what killed Shazam was the effects. And uh, yeah, I remember. Kind of hard to agree with that. Yeah. Or kind of hard to disagree with that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it's sitting in our uh, our rating system. That's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. I think that's a a very good home for this movie. So, with that, I think that concludes this week's breakdown. Um, yeah. So if you like this episode, uh, want to check out more of our stuff, you can. Follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are practically everywhere. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Like I said, damn near everywhere. If you can't find us, you can probably find us at a different <laughs> site. <laughs> uh, you can also catch all of our U- or our episodes on YouTube. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash theallbros, Twitter and Instagram at theallbros. Uh, if you want to, you can DM us with episode ideas. Uh, want to answer our question of the week, uh, you can do that on our social media. Or if you want to join us, we'd love to have anyone on. Uh, you can also email us at theallbroschannel at gmail.com. Check out our website, tinyurl.com forward slash theallbros. Links to everything will be in the description. You can also go to our merch store and support us that way by going to tpublic.com slash user slash theallbroschannel. Um, or you could just go to our website and there should be a link to our shop there. Um, and we would love to hear from you guys. So, next week will be our 150th episode of the podcast. And every 50 episodes, Rose and I like to break down a video game. And this, or in this uh, Milestones video game, will be Marvel's Avengers. Definitely got a lot to say about this one. Oh yeah, that's this is gonna be a fun breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> can't wait. Yeah. Um, but also with this being Christmas and obviously we 
want to stay in the Christmas spirit as much as we can, and Avengers is not a Christmas game. Uh, so we are going to release a bonus episode on uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? I'd say Christmas Eve. Why not? Christmas Eve? Yeah. All right. We will be releasing a special bonus episode on Christmas Eve, which will be an Alboros breakdown of Elf. The Wilf uh, So be sure to look out for that come December 24th, just in case you don't know when Christmas Eve is. And, yeah. So be sure to look f- look forward to that and be sure to check that out. Um, so, yeah. Until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we'll catch you guys next. We'll catch you guys on Christmas? Yeah. yeah. Let's, wow, you butchered that. <laughs> yeah, I did. Because well, cause I was going to say next week, but we're going to see them before that. Or we're going to talk to them before then. Well, technically, we'll still be seeing them next week. Well, True. Well, yeah. So we'll see you on Christmas. Whatever. We'll see yeah. you on Christmas, and we'll see you on... Uh, when we are when we do plan on recording this next episode, it is the next week. Fair. Okay. So, that works. See, so we'll we see you guys next week. Yeah. Deuces. So long. Since you screwed it up, I'm going to screw mine up too. What? Yeah. I didn't screw up on purpose, asshole. I know. <laughs> but I'm just going to do it out of envy. All right. Whatever. <laughs>